0: We talked about I talked about that you know, with our with our coaches. Is it's you don't want to use one of those bullets and after game one. But I just do think it's really important. It was an important time for us just to you know we have high expectations as a team, and, we, and not just in terms of the you know the results that we want to get as we go through this journey, but just just how we conduct ourselves and how we perform. And something like a, a you know the first game of the season, I think uh, it was a good opportunity for us to. Build positive momentum and really get rolling, and we didn't get that done, so. Got it done last night, though. That was Sheldon Keefe. He was speaking after yesterday's win. Leafs right the ship. 3-2. Beat the Washington Capitals, who, oof. Don't know about that team. Not sure about that team. It's good to be self-aware, though, you know? It's good to be self-aware. Sheldon Keefe is a fiery guy. Gets a little hot under the collar at times. And he knew, hey, don't uh, don't burn one game one. I love how he framed it, though, as I talked to the coaches about it. I said, hey, you guys don't do it. And they went, uh, yeah, it's you. You're the guy that we need to not do the thing. And he didn't do it. So congratulations. Yeah, Leafs look normal last night. Good for them. Solid, right? That's what you expect. Big guns come out, dominate, and they cave in the other team. And then if you can get a little bit of secondary scoring, which they did from that third line that's clearly put together to score, a couple of timely saves, which Samsonov, oh, man, Samsonov, whatever. God, that, that's the rudest thing ever that this guy did this to us. Say, say Samsonov, and you go, okay, yeah, I got it. I got it down. Sweet. And then uh, Samsonov, you, you, there should be a limit how many times you can change. It's like you get one change. You tell people the way that it is, then it's, it's sealed forever, Okay. It's like if you commit crimes as a kid, they go, yeah, this is now sealed. Your juvenile records, they're sealed. Um, yeah, I liked last night. But the biggest thing from last night was John Tavares. Just facts. Dominated the shot share, number one on the Leafs. The second line looks good. I, I, I'll i say again, they didn't, it was a team loss in game one. But, hey, those two guys, they did put together a couple of even strength goals in game one in Montreal. So they at least did have that. Uh, let's bring in my buddy, Matthew Barnaby, who uh, 15 years in the show, Pretty decent. Um, author of Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered, which you can pre order now. I've already done it. You can get that in wherever books are sold, but Amazon. And uh he hosts a podcast by the same name where he just sat on Pierre Dorian. Uh we'll talk a little bit about that since the leaves are playing the sense this weekend. What's up, buddy? How we doing?
1: I'm good. I was, I was, I was really, really good. Um, I'm just saying your, your producer made me feel really good about myself to so be a say? motivational speaker. Just, just that I'm a legend. And, okay. and then in the same breath came back with my dad thinks you're awesome. Mm and it made me feel, feel old. really old yeah. yeah i'm getting i'm getting to the point where like man yeah. i he has no clue who i am yeah it, his dad told him like oh this guy was this guy was cool back in the day and his grandfather mm-hmm. uh hopefully still alive yeah. uh probably loves me too so in the same breath i was i went from feeling really good about myself to really crappy so yeah thank him for me yeah
0: awesome thank- we're going to need you to tighten that one up. <laughs> you just tighten that one <laughs> up back there. Awesome. Maybe just chill out. Just say hi, good morning, thanks for your time, and fire the guest on. All right? That's cool. Uh, that's good from now on. Um, you know who you are now, though. You're just a guy from TV commercials, right? You go, hi, I'm Matthew Barnaby, and everyone's like, don't know who you are. <laughs> but all right, no, are you spokesman? Don't even
1: start with that, because yeah. that commercial, they gave me, like, one-day warning. I'm still
0: oh, yeah. pissed
1: off about it, oh, and I'm you? about 30 pounds you overweight. Like, like, oh, my God, I look like I just... Friggin' got out of getting ready to get to the electric chair like last meal so so no i i I literally went on a diet right after that commercial so i'm dying to do another commercial just so i don't look like
0: uh the biggie Hey, guess what? They're they're not giving you one. All right, they, you, they're like you already blew your first chance. It's over now, buddy. You're done. You are cut from future commercials. They like yeah, yeah. There's just a lot better looking people that work for the company than you. And yeah, they they that was like you said. You gave you one day's notice. That was desperate for them too. You know, they went. Oh you're yeah, we're gonna call Barney. Go to- and they went, no, we gotta have someone better. And they you, went, Not
1: Yeah, you guys, you, you guys treat your yeah. guests well. Yeah, I'm gonna do this show again. This is awesome. I I, I gotta watch. I I gotta watch all over social media. George St. Pierre just ripped, jumping into a
0: a frigging cold tub every morning. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, you're there with versus GSP, who literally every day his Instagram is, look how I can balance on this thing with no problems, (laughs) with no shirt. (laughs) The only guy who wears a shirt less than me is GSP. (laughs) It's just facts. (laughs) Guy is dead shredded. Oh, man. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm a huge GSP guy. He loves working out in dinosaurs. That's my guy. That's my number one guy. (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, do you have a Tavares rejuvenation theory? Because, man, through the first two games, Guy was coming off an oblique injury and people were starting to fret the offseason was full of questions like hey is this guy even going to play center in a year from now um last year there was discussions about his chemistry with Nylander kind of comes out of the gate here and they're playing with Dennis Malgin who they brought over from I can never remember the league it's like because it's not it's Swiss I think it's Swiss league um and they just they, they've looked really good through two games and he's the guy that really pops the most
1: yeah I, I didn't like that contract when it was given out because I didn't think it was going to he's not the swiftest of foot, but he's super smart and obviously he's so good in, in the paint and um he just he, he's a workhorse and he logs big minutes he He's really surprised me this year. I thought he was going to take a step back. And through two games, he's been very, very good, especially last night. He's, he's just hes a smart hockey player. And malgin has been a great addition to mm-hmm. to that line and to that team. So you've got to find guys like that if you're going to have success. And they've been able to find a lot of them. I think you can go back to, to Zach Hyman and um, Kaev and, and, and these guys that have been really good for the Leafs. So, yeah, it's been very surprising. I thought he'd take a step back, but through mm-hmm. two games, uh, looks pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, he and Nylander specifically look like they—they they just have an added level of chemistry that I'm not sure was there last season. For long stretches, they had their moments in the playoffs. Um, uh, Tavares specifically later as the the postseason went on, but yeah, I I really wasn't. Expe- I thought it was going to just be a slower start their, their, for
1: him. Their their, post, their postseason went on for a week, but yeah. like whether the longer it went on, whether they weren't <laughs> they didn't go on for six weeks.
0: Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It was a cool time though. And then it actually did go on for six weeks. You obviously weren't following Leafs Twitter because the they the Tampa Bay Lightning acted as like a ghost runner for the Leafs, whatever they did. It was people just went, <laughs> We would have done that too. We we're them. Look, that's us. We're doing the thing. So oh, yeah. that shows what you it's, know. It's, yeah,
1: it, it's it's like minor hockey, eh? When yeah. you lose you lose to the team that wins the tournament. Yeah. You're like, Oh yeah, well we we would have finished second. We just lost yeah. to the team. In 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 our division, yeah, that that that's what
0: happened. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. Thank you for acknowledging that to me. Yeah, I'm a little torn on the Malgin thing. I I actually want to talk to you about this now. I wasn't expecting to, but because he's been solid through two games, there's obviously nothing there in terms of oh no, this guy should be out of the lineup now. He's earning his spot. He made the team out of camp. Good for him. All those different things. Um, I was listening to 32 thoughts though. It was like a week ago and. I can't remember if it was Elliot or Jeff, but they were making a really good point about showing faith to young guys who really put the work in during the offseason. And when you show up the camp and you play really great and you're a future piece of the team and you're not like year one, you know? Nick Robertson, this is year three within the organization. He shows up the camp. He rips up the preseason. He looks phenomenal. He's, he's absolutely buzzing. He gets everybody's attention in the market. He's clearly done the work during his time off. And then you get bumped because of a guy they don't want to put on waivers. Like, truthfully, I, I'm not sure the Leafs would have gone with Maligan if it wasn't for the potential of losing him. Like, that's not your true representation, potentially, of your best team. How how hard is that as a young player? Because, I, I like, you've also worked with a lot of young guys, you know, at the junior level, um, yeah. trying to make sure that, you know, you do keep that focus and you don't let that deter you to a certain degree and how often that can happen. Because if if I was him, and I'm just speaking from my own bitter self, I I would be pretty pissed off that I didn't make that team or I didn't get to crack the lineup on opening night after what I showed in the preseason.
1: Yeah, and and it's a catch-22, right? Because you want to be able to find and and you, listen, 99 percent of spots in, in the NHL and let's just take that and even minor leagues my son plays in the East Coast League most of these lineups are set and it doesn't matter a lot of the time you work you do in the summer that you're you're just kind of pigeonholed to a certain spot so I understand from the development aspect uh, for a guy like Robertson to come in and mm-hmm. and, and and put the work in and, and deserve that chance and then I also understand it from a guy that came in with no expectations at all that makes the team uh, out of camp because he played so well. So there's a catch-22. You want to be able to develop and give those guys a chance to put the work in, and he certainly did that. And then you also want to be able to say, hey, like we're, we're, we're not just fluffers here. We're just not telling you to come sign with us with no expectation and, and no chance of making teams. You come in here, you deserve, we're going to put the best, what we feel is the best lineup mm-hmm. on the ice, uh, no matter who you are. And that's actually refreshing as well for players trying to recruit them, saying, listen, they, they give this guy, they bring in guys all the time, but no one ever gets a chance. And trust me, I've seen that over and over again, but it's also disheartening for a guy that puts in the work and probably deserves to be there and then loses a spot after doing absolutely everything he could to Mm -hmm. be in that lineup.
0: Yeah. And he'll get a shot at some point this year, right? At least they're they're not going to remain healthy the entire season. Um, You're not wishing for anyone to get hurt, obviously, but yeah, if you're Robertson, you just have to stay ready and you got to stay locked in and know that you got to take advantage of that opportunity. So Yeah. yeah, I just, I I would imagine that it would be a little tough, especially given that even last year when he was pretty heavily criticized during his NHL stint, that he still dominated the AHL. And and I figure there comes a point in time for uh, a young player, especially a skilled player like that, where you're down at that level and you just start to feel like you're above it. And and maybe it is a little hard to stay locked in.
1: It, it is. I, I I've been there. I have been there as a kid. Not everyone's Mason McTavish or or Trevor zegris these guys that just come right in and and light the NHL on fire. Sometimes it, it it you're you're caught in that middle. You're too good for the AHL. You're not quite ready to. Because you have to slot into a position where you're effective, right, and, and where it makes sense for the team. So a lot of guys do fit in there. They're, they're just not quite ready for the NHL, but they're, they're too good for the AHL. And it is hard to stay locked in, but it's, it's imperative. It's imperative that these young guys know that there's going to be injuries and you might have one, two, three games to show what you can do. And you have to take advantage of it. You have to uh, – Billy Gehring said this years ago. You have to be willing to do anything. To stay in that lineup, to make yeah. make make a make a difference in that lineup and stay, and, and a lot of people say they're willing to do anything. Are, are you really willing to do anything? And uh, that's a chapter in the book, by the way. Selfless uh-huh. plug. There
0: you go. Hey, well, listen, you can plug that book all you want. <laughs> listen, finish all your answers by plugging the book. I don't care. You came on. You woke up in the morning. You're on the show. Plug the book all you want. It's unfiltered. And, <laughs> and
1: I was I want. was degraded by by both you and uh, and Austin. Awesome. Yeah. So, I know. yeah, thank yeah. you.
0: Again, Thank Austin, we're, we're now writing a script for Austin. Hello, good morning. My name is Austin Mackey. Thank you for your time. You will be on with JD in one moment. <laughs> Please share the podcast. I love it. Yeah, was, I love it. You can read it. off of the page from <laughs> now on. Uh, okay, so here's the good news for Robertson. Um, it used to feel like the only way he could crack the team was if he was playing on the second line, right? Top six role because he's a scorer. Now it yeah. seems like that third line, Leafs yeah. put together a group that they want scoring from last night. They get it again. They get a nice pass from Kerfoot right on the tape for Yarncrock. He finishes it off. They were threatening a couple of times throughout the game. I think that Engvall's come in looking pretty good, but yeah, should something happen there and they need to reshuffle things. Uh, I think that Robertson could end up there. Do do you think that third line can score consistently throughout this season?
1: Yeah. And I, I have it as a top nine in the NHL anymore. I don't really put top six. I think you're expecting Three lines to score, and I think if you're going to have a great run in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you look at teams like Tampa, you look at Colorado. That's that's won the last three years. These two teams, they they really have three lines that that can score and do some damage. So you're, I I don't I don't lock it in as top six, third line, fourth line. I go ahead and go top nine, and then then a then a fourth line, whatever, however you want to construe that 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 fourth line, but. Uh, we talked a lot about Robertson this morning. I didn't expect that, but uh, what a finish! What a finish by Yarn Croak yesterday on an unbelievable pass uh, by Kerfoot, who was actually really good in, in Game One as well. Just missed on that that breakaway that could have changed the game. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a top nine, and I think he can play in the top nine. I don't think he has to play in the top six to uh, have an effective role with the Leafs.
0: It's just it's weird watching Yarn and Kerfoot play together because to me they're just like the same guy.
1: Yeah, except for the opposite hand shoes.
0: Yeah, but that's it. But they're okay. just like the same size. Yeah. They both kind of do yeah. the exact same things.
1: Yeah, both uh, waterbugs. Young Crocks yeah. a hell of a player, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a played. heck of a player. He was good for Nashville, really yeah. good for Nashville. He's going to score some timely goals. And I think when you get to the playoffs, he's a guy that, you know, you're, you're going to go on a run. He could be like that John Drews that scores 15 goals and comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of slides under the radar. But he works hard. He goes to the right spot. He's got a heck of a release. But yeah, they just, you know, obviously, you know, one's a right-handed shot, one's a left-handed shot, but they're they're two little water bugs out
0: there. Dude, I think the thing with Yarncroc is true for a lot of guys, but, you know, if he's in your top six and you're asking him to do too much, then he's probably the guy that you see in Calgary where people start to get pissed off and frustrated. And if he's down your lineup and he's properly slotted on your third line, playing with competent players, you're going to love him.
1: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up slotting because I, I think it's the most important thing in, in building a hockey team. And I look at Detroit o- over the years. Mm-hmm. They really, you know, they bring in like a Daniel Cleary or they bring them like Chris Draper and, and Malpy. They they could have been third-line guys on, on other teams. You'd be like, ah, oh, they're okay. But they have them slotted on the fourth line playing a role and you're like, you fall in love with these guys. And I, I think, you know, Buffalo back in the day, they they go get um christian Ehrhoff, okay just for example uh-huh. he's he's playing as a as a fourth d in vancouver they give him 40 million dollars okay now you're our number one d he's not a number one d so the expectations you set this guy up for failure billy Leno goes and has a a really good year as a as a third liner in philadelphia well you bring him you give him 27 million in buffalo and you put him on your first line your first power play unit and 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 he's He's facing top-line D and, and top-line matchups, and he doesn't score a goal. Well, you're, you're setting him up for failure. He's a good third-liner. Bobby Holik had probably the best line I've ever heard when I played with him in New York. Yeah. We're sitting there, and he's a third-line guy in New Jersey winning cups, playing the penalty kill, and playing second second power play unit in front of the net. And we give him $45 million, $9 million a year, and he looks at me in his, in his Czech accent. He's more American or North American than anyone, but he's like, Barney do these guys not watch me play for yeah. 10 years? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Bobby Olik on your third or fourth line and playing second tower play, that'll be kill. We might win Stanley Cup. Bobby Olik on first line, first power play unit, we're not making the playoffs. He was book your flight to Barbados now. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's good. Right after he cashes the first check. You know who? Oh, yeah.
1: He, he wasn't giving that money back. You no. the cheapest guy alive, but yeah. I love him. One of my uh, favorite teammates ever.
0: I love that. Um, I, that's how I feel about this third line right now, man, is I, I'm curious to see how it actually ends up going. I'm pretty optimistic about them, but it just feels like three guys who are properly slotted three guys that are in the right phase of their careers for this moment. And, you know, Stewie gets on me all the time because uh, I've been critical of Alex Kerfoot in the past and I've tried to throw him into a lot of trades. But this is actually a great version of Alex Kerfoot, right? If he's actually playing up the middle on your third line and they're giving you a little bit of a punch, then, yeah, Perfect. then you, you, you know you keep him, right? I, I yeah. just, I, I like this. I like all three of those guys together. I hope it really works out. And, yeah, if Malgan or Robertson can be a long-term solution on your second line, I think the Leafs are laughing. Okay, so... um. The Leafs goaltending situation, I have... I'm going to give you just a quick early thought on it. Um, Samsonov looked a little shaky to start yesterday's hey, game. He that, settled that, in.
2: That's the word. Yep, yeah. Yeah. He was word.
0: definitely shaky. And even when he handled the puck there in the second period, he tried to make some play. just puts it right out in front. And I, I like, I think Washington was actually startled. Did he forget what team he was playing on? I'm not sure. Maybe, but yeah, the nerves seemed to get to him to a little bit, which you don't, you don't love, especially in this market. But man, Ed Belfour was on here the other day and he said it took him a month to settle into playing in Toronto and other new places. So I'll give Samson off some time too. Right. But Here's the the main thing between he and Matt Murray. The athleticism of Samsonov versus the athleticism of Matt Murray is stark to me. And <laughs> you're a guy who lives in Ottawa. You watched a lot of Senator stuff. There's a lot of buzz here about, you know, Matt Murray making some adjustments and Matt Murray making some tweaks and he'll be the guy. And clearly he's going to get to start Saturday night. There's no question about it. But, man, um What did you see with Murray last year? Because people talked about he was a whole different goalie and there was just the one game against Arizona. But yeah, the guy that we saw here in game one, the book was always the glove. That's his weak spot. He gets scored on there multiple times. And the athleticism was questioned. Yeah, him going post to post when he had to move. it, It really wasn't all that pretty.
1: It he he, he plays so low and the glove is 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 definitely troubling. I'm gonna go with Samsonov or Samsonov, whichever. It's one, Samsonov uh, we, now.
0: We said you can only you know, can only change it once though. If he goes back to Samsonov, no no dice. It's what you you chose. Really?
1: Listen, my name changes every week because I have a cottage in Quebec, so I have to go to the Quebec side, and I get called yeah. Mathieu, and that one So I I, I go you
0: back and forth. You should stick with that, every... though. That sounds way cooler. Actually, <laughs> that, yeah, sexy, maybe yeah. GSP will want to hang out with you, actually, next time you see him at a yeah, commercial right. shoot. Yeah, I, he, like I can just see him
1: inviting me over. Hey, Matt, here, you want to come over and jump in my uh, gold dub? Uh, yeah, you know, it's weird I'm
0: about like, that yeah. one. You've been one of the <laughs> toughest guys in just about every room you've ever gone into, and then you're in there with JSP, and you and he just <laughs> kill you in literally thirty seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny every every, yeah. every every time I interview him or, or just talk to him. I'm like, GST, Like I, yeah. I, I'm not afraid of anyone, but no. I'm actually, like, I'm afraid. Of, I, I have a rule. I don't fight anyone with cauliflower ears. Yeah. And uh, you could literally kill me in two seconds. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know, he's really, probably a dude. second and a half. And oh, he's like, so fast. And I'm like, you know what? Like, uh, he's like, but you could beat me up on the ice. I'm like, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Hey, guess maybe. what, though? Hey, guess what? would you you really you you sure <laughs> you know like you you want to really roll the dice wanna, I, 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 don't, I i don't know i a chance i've thrown this idea <laughs> yeah. i want to i
1: want to I wanna really do a commercial with gsp and yeah. it, it, it starts off with me and him in the octagon and and they come with the live lines and it's minus 12 million to yeah. one that i beat gsp and then they they blindfold them and now it's like minus you know, three million to still one least obesity. Yeah, and and once, once once his hands are tied and his legs are tied, mm-hmm. then I, I, I'm a slight favorite. Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm a slight, slight favorite.
0: I want to get back to goalies. I'll just tell you this: is <laughs> I watched him wrestle with George Larocque, and Laroque couldn't stay on his feet for literally a second. It was it was done. It was just down, down, down. LaRock's a pretty big guy, a uh, pretty strong guy. Yeah. I'm guessing that you wouldn't have wanted to fight LaRock. You know, you would have, but I'm not saying you would have chickened out of it, but yeah. It's just GSP just have, absolutely manhandled I have, it, like manhandled
1: I it. Might, I, might have, I might have chickened out a couple of times. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, was...
1: <laughs> but now now that I know that he just eats chickpeas, yeah. I'd probably give it, a, give it a whirl. He was probably like iron deficient by the time he got in with GSP. Going back to your goalies, yeah. Matt, Matt Murray was not good here. Now, he was not healthy. Mm -hmm. uh while he was here so he was battling injuries the whole time I mean he he just couldn't stay healthy so I I I give him a little bit of slack was I a little nervous when for for Toronto fans when they signed Matt Murray or or traded for Matt Murray listen Pierre Dorian was dying to get rid of Matt Murray and he found a taker and was willing to eat some of that money but uh, I was not confident having watched uh him in preseason I was like okay this might be the Matt Murray that that had some success in, in Pittsburgh and, and won a Stanley cup and was part of that team that that won Stanley cups. Uh, but he, he's going to have to sharpen that glove up. Everyone knows everyone is going for that. And they're going to test it. So everyone throughout the first 20 games, we're going to have a bird's eye view on what everyone knows. And that's a weak glove. And he plays very low. So getting side to side and these, he's just not that athletic. Um, he's a big guy mm-hmm. and Huge. he's going to have to play like, he's going to have to play like Carey Price. You know, pucks are going to have to hit him. And that's what Carey Price made it look very easy because he's a big guy, very positional, but plays more upright than than a Jack Campbell. He's got to have more pucks hit him than actually making saves if he's going to have success.
0: Yeah, so Leafs play the Sens this weekend, and I, I'm watching Dorian on your podcast, right? He's trying to couch expectations a little bit with his predictions. Yeah. I think he said, I think the quote was something like, we're going to be in it all year long, right? Which would be pretty damn disappointing if they were. Um, It was the summer of Pierre. Everybody in Ottawa was getting extremely excited about what the senators were doing and the signings that they were making. And uh, I think part of the summer of Pierre was even being able to offload the Matt Murray contract. And all of a sudden, they lose Talbot to start the year. And... They dole out a bunch of money to their young forward core. And, and a lot of people stepped back and went, oh, this is this is actually quite a bit for a core that is solid, good, but maybe not great. These aren't the Tampa Bay Lightning for, core. Or this isn't the Leafs core either. Um, how are people in Ottawa sort of settling into this season? Because it is an oddity to me where it was so hyped, so hyped, so hyped. And now we're kind of here, and it feels almost like people are taking a bit of a step back.
1: I, I wouldn't say. I'd say there's, there's a high level of, of excitement. Um, they expect to make the playoffs this year, fans. And I, 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 listen, I, mm. I have them battling. I, I, I said yesterday on my podcast that I have them at four. I can see them being uh, a, a wild card team, but it doesn't surprise me if they aren't there. They, you know, Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. I think we're all in that same boat. They're all rebuilding. I think they have the best young core out of the out of the three. Uh, when you look at those mm-hmm. contracts, I think I think early on those contracts aren't great. If you look at all of them, yeah, a couple of years from now they're just, going to be amazing. They're going to be unreal. I think when you look at those contracts three years down the road and that yeah. cap goes up, we're 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 out of the COVID era. We're out of you know now we have you know, RBC and we got milk on the jerseys. We got bet 99 on the Ottawa Senators jerseys. So all that added revenue, we're going to look at that cap going up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to look at these contracts and we're going to be like, wow, did they get some steals on these guys? And anytime I, I, I think the, the, the excitement comes with, listen, we, we full disclosure, we all know, you know, Eugene Melnick held a tight knit and, and Pierre even said it, well, you know, we have, there's a cap, and we have an internal cap. Essentially, we can't go spend 120 million dollars like the Tampa Bay Lightning and put four guys on LTIR. Now, maybe that was a shot at, at them, and maybe a shot at the league, but also uh, realistic in in knowing this isn't a massive market, and there's only so much money that they can spend. So, I, I, I think when you look at it as from a fan's point of view, from Ottawa fans, they're like, okay, we're not letting Mark Stone walk, we're not letting Eric Carlson walk. We're not letting all these guys walk because of money. We are locking them up long-term and our core, our Brady Kachuks, our Batherson, our Stutzlows, all all these guys are Shabbats. That's our core. And we're locking them up long-term. And I think that is massive for this in selling hope and that we are ready to spend money and compete, not only for our, our group, but our fans.
0: Yeah. The market's not the biggest, but it sure doesn't help that half the people who live there are Leafs fans. That's that's the real issue is and and that's the thing that I hope works out for Ottawa and I I genuinely do is that this young core does something exciting. And I I do believe that it starts Saturday night where you got to be able to push the Leafs and and you got to get into a playoff spot and maybe play Toronto in a postseason because they they got to build that young fan base up. It's been a problem for a while and, and I feel like this is kind of a perfect prime spot to be able to poach um not even poach, but just to really insulate yourself with the market because it's been up and down, man, and you you mentioned the Melnick stuff, but a lot of people they didn't want to be a part of it anymore with Melnick when he did the threaten the team thing on what was that on was that on like hockey day? it was on a big day, it was national TV it was on
1: a, yeah, I, yeah I can't remember what day it was yeah. You're right.
0: but yeah. he's at the oh it was the outdoor game or they at an outdoor prize he stands out there, he threatens the team. There was always the raising of the prices without the spending the money on the group. Like, obviously, there was the, the liver transplant thing. It just, it was ugly there. And now it just does feel like there's some stability there. There's some young people that, are some young players that actually are a draw. You've got Kachuk, who is a Kachuk that wants to be in Canada, it appears, yeah. Yeah. which is nice. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice thing. Anyway, I, I'm really looking forward to Saturday night, is all I'm saying. This is a real hockey night in Canada for me. This is the first time where... The Sens feel like a, a, a something, and the Leafs are in a fun spot. And now it almost feels a little bit like, yeah, the yeah, the roles are reversed, where Toronto's the team that's expected to win it, but maybe you know, the other team is just a little pluckier and can get some out of it. Anyway, I'm very, very excited. Uh, Matthew Barnaby, again, you got a a book that's coming out right now that people can pre-order. It's Unfiltered. The podcast is great. You had Pierre Dorian there, so if anybody's listening to this that cares about Sens, make sure that you listen to that too. Uh, podcast goes by the same name, Unfiltered. 15 years in the NHL. Austin's dad loved them. Thanks for making time, buddy. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Austin. Say hi to your dad. Yeah. Say hi to anyone over over 60 in your family. Uh, love them. Uh, thanks for having me on, buddy. I uh, yeah. look forward to to seeing you in person soon Absolutely. in T.O., and yes, I agree with you. Saturday is going to be a great night, finally. Finally, I, they're, not, they're not in Toronto's realm, uh, but it's great for the city, great mm-hmm. for hockey, great for the Battle of Ontario.
0: 100%. Matthew Barnaby, thanks for making time, bud. Um, take a quick break. Come back. One of the biggest celebrities on the planet. You drop by the old, uh, our humble abode here in Toronto, The Rock. Why didn't Jackie Redman teach him the chant? Quick break, Jackie Redman next. The biggest celebrity that does this show is Jackie Redman. She's out there rubbing elbows with Mark Hoppus singing along to the song would have been badass that looks so sick i couldn't even get tickets for toronto maybe she'll swing them for me use her celebrity status use her friendship with mark office to get me in uh blink 182 concert here in toronto what's up jack how we doing
3: Oh my goodness! First of all, yeah. I, I thought I was going to be the cool kid on the block this week by meeting yeah. Mark Hoppus, but then Alish got a picture with The Rock, and I was like, "Well, okay. it's over for me. Yeah, except, I'm no longer the coolest kid." <laughs> no, except
0: for you know what? I, so I jumped on her show this morning because I had to ask her a pressing question, because she didn't really for talk two. to The Rock, right? She didn't. She was the less experienced host, so she didn't get the opportunity to actually like. Be the question asker, right? So she goes up and takes the photo. Okay. What do you think my question was to her this morning? Guess, because someone on the text line guessed it apparently this morning before I even asked it.
3: Oh gosh, I, I have no idea what you yeah. think Alish would ask the Rock.
0: No, no, I wasn't Rock what, it wasn't it wasn't what she asked. It was what I was asking her about the Rock. Oh, um, how big his biceps are in person? No, those are, we don't need uh, to see those in person. We just know, <laughs> like we know what that situation is. From far. so I, I highly doubt anyone's ever met the rock and went, I thought your biceps would be a little bigger dog. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, you look kind of small. How his shirt was. Yeah, no. Well, that was very clear. The uh, Someone just DM me and I was laughing about it because it's so true. They like, I don't know if he wanted that shirt to be that tight or if they just went to the pro shop and went, I can't believe we don't have a shirt that fits The Rock. That's a tough – this is a tough look. No, I asked her what did he smell like because The Rock is a big dude and he's moving around and he's always working out. And you got to think that, like, he's got his scent on point. And I wanted to know, like, what – you know, what's The Rock cooking for smells, you know? I And she didn't really have an answer. She kind of was like, oh, it's popcorn and beer in the air. And I was disappointed by that because I figure The Rock smells rich, you know? Like rich. (laughs) It's a very (laughs) unique smell that The Rock is cooking.
3: Yeah, rich, clean, and that's an on-brand question, right? Like, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Exactly. Like, you you should... If you have the opportunity to cross paths with someone like Dwayne "The Rock" Johnson and you know you people smell. like to like refer to him as Dwayne Johnson like no. you're not being cool by doing no, that. He's not. The Rock. You got to call him The Rock, right? No.
0: I think if you call him Dwayne Johnson, you're actually trying to hide what a wrestling nerd you are, you know? You're trying yeah. to hide it. You're trying to bury it to the side, like, oh, uh, you know Dwayne Johnson? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> The Rock. It's The Rock, okay? Yeah, they try to market yeah, him in movies. As and that, I, they always try to market him in movies as Dwayne Johnson, and I go, no, just say it's The Rock because this is what everybody knows. He's The Rock, all right? It's it is what it is. Um, that's your you world. Can't shake it. That's your world's colliding, though, eh? The Rock and the Leafs, the NHL Network, WWE, uh, lifelong Leaf fan. Big time. You see that happen. Um, did you hear the chant though? Uh, yes, okay, I know they got
3: let's, the chant wrong. It's well, go Leafs go. What are we doing? Well, can, let's go just, Leafs let's go. just play
0: it. Let's oh, just play it, it, it for those of you to that today. didn't hear it. Roll it, Josh. Okay. Let's right. go Let's go, let's go, let's <laughs> okay. go There's, there's two funny things. There's the, there's really two funny things to this to me. Okay. Number one is he says, let's do this right. And then. Doesn't do it right. And then the best part of it, though, by far, by infinity, even more than that, because that's the obvious one, is that all the Leafs fans, they're such ass kissers for a celebrity that they all start doing the let's go Leafs chant that they just they just do it. You know, if this is like Philly, I think I would assume I would hope. That people would start to boo and do like the Go Leafs Go chant or do it on top of them. Change it up. But everybody just bent the knee to the rock and went, yeah, that's our chant, man. You got it. (laughs) We're very polite. That's Here's the the question, though. Yeah.
3: Here's the question. Does this now affect the chant moving forward? Like, Does the rock have that much pull?
0: No, no. He does for, you know, you. And the WWE and Bruce Boudreau—that's <laughs> that, yeah, Bruce Boudreau when he retires and he gets back to being a Leafs fan, which he is in his deep heart. Which is so weird for Canucks fans that their coach is like the biggest Leaf fan. <laughs> that even when he plays them, yeah. he's like, "Go Leafs, go!" He's doing the chant. Sorry, what does he say? Let Let's go Maple Leafs. <laughs> what's, the, what's the Rock's chant? Uh, let, let Let's go Leafs. Yeah, oof, that, that dude, the Rock you're enough of a pro too to know that that didn't roll off the tongue right like you're 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 enough of a pro i i wonder if there was some guy from mlse that was supposed to give him the chant and then the rock is just furious with percent. him today. yeah yeah the rock the rock people i don't people. blame the rock at all yeah <laughs> oh, yeah you don't wouldn't. you can't you can't blame no. the rock all right you're contractually obligated he not to was
3: prepared
0: yeah the guy <laughs> is an absolute...
3: Star born to be you know like he's gonna nail whatever you give him no matter what you know what a part of it is
0: a part of it though is is that that's just overconfidence too where he's like let's do this right i'll do it my way (laughs) like that's called being (laughs) a guy with 400 million followers yeah
3: what really happened was behind the scenes is is the is the mlse people were trying to give him the rundown he's like guys guys I got mm-hmm. this. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah. You don't need to <laughs> tell
0: him how to leave the chance. Yeah. Shh. I'm the rock. All right? I'm the rock. Shh. Everybody, sh- <laughs> nobody's going to say anything to him.
3: Have uh, you seen me cut a promo? Please. Yeah. I don't
0: need your help. God, he really can cut a promo. That's really, that's just, yes. that's just unassailable is the man's ability to cut a promo. Just a true legend in the game. Um, okay. So I work on the show, by the way, with uh, a couple of Gen Zers. And the so Blink-182, just quickly, just back to that, because now we're doing all the, uh, you know, uh, stuff that like they don't they actually do know Dwayne Johnson as Dwayne Johnson. He's not the rock to them because they never would have seen him wrestle at all. Like that's, that's just so not a weird. thing, right? You know what else is weird too? They do this thing where they try to gaslight me into saying that they have shared memories with me. And then I go, wait, how old were you when that happened? And they go, I was seven. And I go, that you don't dude you don't remember things from when you're seven unless it's trauma. Okay. <laughs> like that's the only thing you remember from being seven. Like I that's actually the youngest thing you can say is I watched through '07 seven. Uh, Cause yeah. Anyway, Jobo, who's in here with me today. He's like, uh, my favorite leaf was Matt Sundin. I'm like, uh, no, he literally left the leaves when you're eight years old. And he's like, I was watching the games. I was like, yeah, okay. I bet you had a lot of really good takes. I <laughs> bet you were just crushing it with your opinions at the time, but they didn't even lie to me about blink 182. They just went, I don't know what that is. And it dawned on me that blink 182 is just officially classic rock. And when I saw your picture of you and Hoppus, um, yeah, something – it was like a clincher. I already knew I was old. I already knew that I was washed. But it, it that was like the clinching moment for me. It really was.
3: Yeah, you know, I thought, too, in watching him lead the, the sing-along of all the small things in Colorado, mm-hmm. while it was awesome, I enjoyed every second of it mm-hmm. because of how old I am. Like the way that he was dancing, and I don't know how much they showed of it on the broadcast because you know I was watching from behind the glass, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they showed on the broadcast, but the way he was dancing along to the song, too, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's dad Markov! Yeah, don't fall, this is dad Markov. Yeah, don't, right
0: don't fall down, dude. So. Please don't fall. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, did you so see? Cool though,
3: and I will say this about Gen Zers mm-hmm. because there's this whole Gen Z versus Millennials thing on TikTok. Yeah, Gen Zers. Like, what's in style right now? 90s fashion, yeah. 90s makeup, yeah. 90s everything. So as yeah. much as Gen Z are like, oh, I don't know what that is. It's like, well, you're doing a pretty good job of bringing all of our cool trends back yeah. into the mainstream. So yeah. I feel like I feel like maybe you guys love hate us a
0: preach, little bit. Preach Jackie Redman. Yo, I exactly. thought you were going to go the other way with that because, you know, the youths like you too, you know. So I thought you were going to go full hey. Everybody gives them a hard time, but they're pretty good. No, they stink, and they know they stink. Boo, Jobo. (laughs) You rot. You stole all our stuff. You lie about the things you know. And you have to lie about the things you know and the things you like because everything from your guys' generation is garbage. All you guys have is vapes. That's it. That's all you brought to the culture vapes and euphoria. That's it. Those are the two things. Yeah, vapes are
3: brutal,
0: too. Vapes are brutal. Smoke a cig like an adult, okay? If you're going to have some tobacco, smoke a cig like an adult. God, embarrassing. Okay, so um, here's my number one question for you today. So the Leafs, they get off to this horrific start. Then they look great last night. Um, I know, you know, you're at the Colorado game. You're probably not able to watch the first game. It's horrific. But what do you think the story of the season is to you? Like, what are you most interested in with this team? What are people talking to you about when, when you're walking the halls of the NHL Network studio?
3: Well, yesterday, and and you know, you're right. I obviously did not watch that game front to back at all. I watched the highlights. I, you know, read articles. I, I saw all of the overreactions after the game, or maybe they weren't overreactions. I think that's TBD to be determined. Like, two games in, I think last night was it was a solid response. I knew that they would respond well because that we've seen this story before. I don't think we know anything about the Leafs yet, um, two games in. But for me, it's it's all about you know, management and did they make the right decisions? Because ultimately they're, they're running it back again. There have not been major changes outside of the goaltending situation, but the core is the same. The coach is the same. The results under Sheldon Keith have been the same his entire tenure, you know, good regular season team losing the first round. So for me, it's all about, you know, did Kyle Dubas play this right? That's the, that is the story of the season for me. And we're not going to have the answer to that obviously until, the end of the season and and how this all shakes out. But that's what we talked about yesterday. We actually got into quite a heated discussion um, in the hallways of NHL network yesterday, myself, EJ Raddick, and Dave Reed just about Sheldon Keith's post game comments and whether or not they were too dramatic. If he played the right card at the right time, or if it was a mistake and all three of us had a different opinion about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, you know, my opinion on the matter was it didn't matter what Sheldon Keith said after game one, it doesn't matter at all. He's been their coach forever. He's fired these bullets before. It's not going to have some like, mind-blowing impact on the Toronto Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews that Sheldon Keith came out and said yeah that was a that was a sucky sucky game we it was disappointing you think that that's going to impact the players no they've been around Sheldon Keith way too long even if Keith was the most amazing coach in the NHL best coach in the league he's been around for a handful of seasons now so his words are not going to have the impact um, that they've always had because I think that that's just human nature so that's kind of That's what I'm looking at this season is was keeping Keith as the head coach was keeping the core together. Were those the right decisions by Dubas? Because ultimately those are going to make or break this organization. I think from top to bottom when the season's over.
0: Yeah. So the born was talking about this the other day about seeing it through with the core and seeing it through with Dubas and having it just be that way. And and I don't mind a guy deciding to gamble on his thing um, because yeah, I, I don't know if he saves his job if he moves one of the core players, brings in someone else, and the results are kind of similar. So he decides, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep this together. I'm going to roll it. Um, The goaltending one is going to be really, really big because they've just had so many misfires in net. It just hurt them so many times. It's weird because, like, the Jack Campbell trade, you could argue, is the best move that Dubas has made as GM when it comes to trades. Like, it's it's probably his best trade. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know what would be number two unless you really give him the credit when he was assistant GM for being the one who pushed for Zach Hyman. Um, but yeah, that's it to me. But just about everything else has been tough, like really, really, really tough. And what we've seen so far this season and it's two games is, yeah, these two guys are going to be absolute lottery tickets. Like they're going to be wild cards. The key thing is hilarious because he's like, in today, we opened the show with a clip of him saying he didn't want to use up all his bullets, even though he was talking about it being unacceptable and was pretty harsh after the loss. And you go, that's a watered down version of this guy. And you know that the next time the Leafs have uh, a game like the one they had in Montreal, he he might he might blow his lid. <laughs> He's gonna blow his top. You're right. It Probably yeah. doesn't matter. Probably doesn't matter. And I don't know if he is the coach, but I think for him specifically. Um, the regular season record says that he's an incredible regular season coach and that's what this team is. It's come playoff time. That's when it really starts to laser focus in on him because he's been out coached in every playoff series he's been a part of. And if that happens again, then like that's going to be probably the most underrated part of this tenure with the Leafs is that they did have the wrong coach.
3: Well, and here's the thing. I, I don't, I don't, because I don't want this to come off like I think Sheldon Keith is a bad coach. I think, as you just said, he's proven to be a good, a good regular season coach. But how many coaches come in as a first time NHL coach and, and win a Stanley Cup, right? It's not, it's, it's not everyone. Some of the legends have done it, of course. But a lot of times you have to, you have to learn these, these hard lessons as a first time coach in the NHL. Sheldon Keefe has been a solid coach for them these last handful of seasons, but is he the guy that can take them over the hump, makes take them that next step further, right? I don't. We don't know the answer to that yet. And the fact that he's got a first-time GM as well that's leading the way in terms of building the roster and building the team is another thing. Like, what lessons does Kyle Dubas still have to learn? You don't just come into the NHL and you're you're perfect right away and you're you're amazing right away. That's very rare. So I think these guys are learning these lessons together. And the question is, is can they they can they learn these things and find the answers in time. And we're obviously going to answer that question this season. But I think about a guy like Sheldon Keith and, and using up his bullets, and I think about the fan base, right? I've heard you say, J.D., that this offseason was super quiet. The hype wasn't really there. Wasn't you talk about the Leafs. And that's coming from you in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. And that's because I think we've seen the movie so many times. It's been the same story year after year. It's been the same things from Sheldon Keith and Kyle Dubis, And that's why we're not talking about it because it's like, okay, I've heard it all. I've heard all of this. To me, talk is cheap. It doesn't matter what Sheldon Keith says this year. It doesn't matter what Kyle Dubas says this year. It's about the results on the ice. That's it. So if we feel that way, how do you think the players feel when they hear their their front office and their coaches talking the same things they've been saying over and over and over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. We can say all of the things. It doesn't matter. The players have to do it on the ice. And that, to me, that is That's it. So Sheldon Keith can can blow his top next week, you know, if they, they lose to whatever, the Coyotes. When they play them, but it doesn't really matter. They better not lose the Coyotes.
0: Do not lose the Coyotes. Do not lose on. You just made me they think can. about Nick Richie scoring two goals. Like four games this year. Yeah, you just you just made me think about Nick Ritchie potting a couple of goals and you know absolutely smashing somebody <laughs> with a huge hit, and the Leafs lose the Coyotes, and I'm back in this hole of just you know up and down with the season. I, I like what you said there, though, especially about how, imagine how the players feel. Imagine how the coaching staff feels. Right? It's what they put outwardly is whatever. Um, the the thing that I. I usually look at this market and say playing for the Leafs in terms of the pressure of it is wildly overrated, right? Because it's just a place where, first of all, fans generally love the players, especially now. I don't think that there's ever been an era where it's more friendly towards players. And even here, you know, you look back, there's always like a whipping boy. You know, you, you tweeted at me the other day about a joke about Aki Berg, and it's so true. Like there's always one Aki Berg on the team that people gravitate towards yeah, and funnel course. their hate towards. But that's a lot of different teams. For the most part, this is a very, very um, player-friendly hockey market until things go horrifically awry. And then there's a small storm of people being pissed off and saying it's unacceptable. But the building sells out every single night the fans are pretty respectable you talk to guys who play for this team and they'll tell you pretty much unequivocally that they're largely left alone when they're out in public here when they get caught out in public it's not this isn't uh being people bothering you constantly nonstop it's a uh, it's it's not quite like that you make a ton of money you live in a world class city everybody knows who you are you get brand endorsement deals And now, okay, you get more people that care about you on your social media or who might be a little bit more in there. Okay, well, guess what? Like a lot of people deal with that. Um, I just think if you compare Toronto to say New York or Philadelphia or Boston or some of these other markets that I think can be very, very difficult to play in that it just, it's not that it's harder, not harder to play here, but it just gets a little overstated at times. But this year, I don't think that's the case this year. I think it's very real. And, and I I think one of the coolest things about the regular season or most interesting things about the regular season is going to see be how they do manage that, right? When there are the highs and lows, yeah. can they snap out of the lows quickly or does it actually have a compounding effect where things stretch out and things get bad? That's why I felt like last night was important for them to win. It was important for them to come out, have their top four guys play the way that they did. Got, everybody gets on the score sheet. They beat the Washington Capitals. They're at home. They kill a the narrative right away. Now we're talking about Tavares looking good and... What the goaltending is gonna be, and maybe Samsonov, who settled into that game and finishes and has a quote where he says, uh, thank you, fans, I'm so happy, which is one of the cutest things I've ever read My guy. it's <laughs> like the cutest. Yeah. What a cute guy. <laughs> a great quote. I know. Thank you, fans, I'm so happy. Is the perfect quote. Um, yeah, you carry that through Saturday, things are fine, but whenever things start to turn south with this team, it's gonna feel like a pressure cooker real fast. Um, before you go, I do need to know what uh, your dad very legendary Leaf fan, what his state of the franchise is right now. Like, where is he with it? Is he in full optimism mode? Is he in pessimism? Like, where, where is he at with the Leafs? What's his Leafs take right now?
3: Well, let me just let me just preface this for, for listeners who are not familiar with Steve-O. He is a rose-colored glasses Leafs fan. Yeah. Like, every, he is the guy that every year is like, we're winning the cup. That's, that's like, why I need to know, matter. is like, that
0: is he's still doing that right now.
3: Yes. Like he, he still believed when when Shani came in it was like there will be pain, Steve was like, No, there will not. You will win. Like <laughs> no, that's my dad. Not. But yeah, but um, you know, what? I texted him last night asking, okay, what are your thoughts? Two games in, what do you think? And my dad has always been a big Willie Nylander guy. Like even when everyone was down on Nylander, trade him, get rid of him. He's the whipping boy. My dad, my dad loves big Willie, loves Willie. So um, he texted me right away and he was like, I'm all about Tavares and Nylander. They're going to carry this team this year. It's going to be amazing. So he's super high on those guys. Obviously, they had a great night last night, so that helps. But he loves those two, Tavares and Nylander, so he's very excited about that. But he did say to me, I still don't think the Leafs are tough enough. My dad has this this sense of he doesn't feel like the league as a whole is like afraid of the Leafs. Not that they have to be fighting every night, but he feels like opposition is never worried about getting too close to a mitch marner or too close to an austin matthews and he feels like the leafs need to be more intimidating not just because of their talent but because they're gonna stand up for each other and have each other's back and if you do get too close to mitch marner you're gonna have to answer for it in some type of way and again not from a fighting standpoint where he thinks they got to be dropping the gloves all the time, but just sort of that idea that, like, if you mess with our star players, we're going to mess with yours. So he, he did say to me, I still don't think that they're tough enough with
0: a sunglass face emoji. That was, uh, that was the Sun- thing. Sunglass face emoji. Uh, that's a good one. At least he didn't yeah. sign it off, you know, like yeah, with SR, you know? that they, cause we Yeah, were talking he about
3: doesn't it. do that.
0: Yeah. We were, we were saying that's a, that's a real dad texting move is to put the initials at the end of the text every single time. This is this big dad I got, energy. I
3: got to say there was an article the other day I meant to retweet, and this has nothing to do with hockey, so I apologize, but whatever, okay. that the th- they did a study on the thumbs-up emoji, which I feel is, like, a very, like, dad move um, to do the thumbs-up, that the majority of people find it offensive. Yeah. And I agree. I don't like the thumbs-up emoji. Don't respond to me with a thumbs-up. Okay. I'm not can, into it.
0: All right. Okay. okay. I, can I just quickly defend the thumbs-up emoji as a thumbs-up um, emoji user? Okay. Sure sometimes the heart is just too much, all right? It's too much. And I, I can't just be, if it's a stranger, right, or someone that, if it's someone like I'm friends with, true friends with, throwing the heart is fine. I think the ha-ha is corny. Here's what I think. All of the quick button responses are lame. They all stink, except for thumbs down. Thumbs down I love. I use thumbs down all the time. Thumbs down is hilarious. But... Sometimes you just, you know, you, you want to acknowledge that you've seen something to a stranger or a colleague, and it's just, that's when the thumbs up is appropriate, okay? It's like, I've seen this. We can, like, just letting you know I, I saw this. It's basically a red receipt to me for people who don't use red receipts because if you use red receipts, you're a psycho and we should, ins- like, you should be in an institution. <laughs> like it's, I don't know why a why person does that, but yeah. Uh, that's my defensive thumbs up emojis. Is that it has its time and place. If you just text me the thumb, like if you text it out, thumbs up, then we're in a fight. And we're friends, we're in a fight. It's, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's my worse. my
3: counter to your defense would just be use words. Just say okay, cool. No, or, don't don't whatever.
0: you say okay, okay, uh, okay. First of all, I've sent okay text to girls before, and it's caused fights. <laughs> you know, like if you no, say no,
3: I said okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Not, not, okay, okay, cool.
0: No, I'll yeah, okay. And it's like,
3: you know what? I, I'm going to come back. I'm, we're getting back Send,
0: good send. Okay, cool. Okay to the next nice. thing your husband texts you today, when he texts you, and then you reply, okay, cool. When he says something to you, and let's see what happens. Let's see if you're if you're let's okay, see, cool. Maybe, later.
3: maybe throw an throw an exclamation point on the end, then you know it's like a happy okay, cool. Yeah. The only time okay gets you in <laughs> no. trouble is when you just put K.
0: Oh, I that's, put K. That's yeah, the, that's that's
3: the signal yeah. that you're mad. You know what okay. the
0: worst our men's toxic trait is? We do that, and then right. women will be like. Don't like, what's your problem basically? And then you go, what are you talking about? I just meant, okay, you know, (laughs) okay. You know what that is? That's gas
3: lighting in
4: text
0: form. (laughs) All right, we got to run, Jackie. Fun as always. Uh, We'll talk to you very soon. Um, Keep defending the Leafs in the halls of the NHL Network. Thanks for doing this. Hey, JD, let's go Leafs. Let's let's (laughs) go Leafs. All right, see you, JR. Uh, That's Jackie Redman, uh, good friend of the show. Uh, When we come back, The always great Dave Mm Damshack. So it's 7 a.m. where Dave Damshack resides. I'm not a morning person, so I very much appreciate him doing this at this time. Mm Because I know how it feels when radio stations ask you to do 7 a.m. It sucks. But if you won your bets the night before, you kind of wake up with a pep in your step, you know? doesn't feel so bad, which I did. There's nothing better than looking at that account seeing way too much on it and doing the whole game of, should I take some of this money now or should I just be betting more money because this is what I do for a living now? This is my side hustle. Dave Damshack, extra points. The minus three podcast. What's up, buddy? How How is there pep in your step today? Did you win some bets?
2: Boy, oh boy. You, you're the one who sounds tired. No, listen. I'm, wow. I'm a pre okay. out here in fancy. <laughs> I'm being a coastal elite acting like yeah. I can't wake up a little yeah. early. Yeah. Of course, anything for you <laughs> yeah. and anything for our mutual pal Mackie behind the scenes there. But yeah. yes, no, I have a pep in my step after watching Jeff Petrie, a.k.a. the missing yeah. link, for another cup <laughs> yeah. on the banks of the Three Rivers. Yeah, I'm over the moon right
0: now. Hey, actually, okay, I, I did want to talk to you. Obviously, we were going to talk a little bit about the Penguins, right? And you've you, you got to be fired up. When you beat a historic franchise like the Arizona Coyotes and a team that's all in like that, <laughs> uh, that's just, that's how you start the season. That's, that's a statement win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But I have two Penguins questions for you. The first one is, is this your last dance? Well,
2: you know, it, it might be this year. Mm-hmm. And I, in the meantime, uh, you know, not to not to get all heavy, but I, I've i tried in my later years now as a sports fan in, in, and in life in general. I'm trying to be more of a journey versus destination. I've been through Love enough that. seasons now that I realize finally it's resonating with me. Every season is not going to end with my team winning the title, no mm-hmm. matter what sport we talk about. That's, that's the way the math has, has presented itself to me, and it's inarguable. So I'm trying to enjoy the journey, as I say. Listen, 17 years of the big three of Letang and Malkin and Crosby, if it doesn't end in another cup, Guess what? I'm already in the winner's circle three times over with those three. I'm going to enjoy watching these guys play. And, by the way, they're not going to become some – I get the cynicism out there that this team is going to fall on its face. They're still going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to embarrass themselves. But, yeah, I think their they're shot at a, a cup it, it better come sooner rather than later. I don't think three years down the line when they're even older mm-hmm. that that's going to be reasonable. But I think it's plausible that they could make a run in – in a loaded up Wales, but every team is flawed in the Wales. Every other contender has its flaws. So why not the Penguins this year?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a flat season when I look at all the teams around the NHL. Everybody has a flaw. Um, Colorado still looks like the favorites, but yeah, the, they lost guys. From a year ago, like the the championship winning mm-hmm. teams in a hard cap era, do not retain talent. They usually don't get better, and that's the case with them. Um, yeah, Malkin's thirty six, Latang and Sitter thirty five. It's uh, sports are becoming more and more a young man's game. But I, I think the way that you're looking at it is a way I wish we kind of all could, right? Except for that's the part that usually then frustrates me as a fan because. It can go too far in the one direction, right? Where you go, hey, I'm trying to enjoy this, and it isn't all about the destination. It is about the journey. It's this entertainment product. We've definitely gotten way too much into ring culture, especially with, like, the NBA, right? But then it does reach the other thing, and I can only say this from being a Raptors fan because none of my other teams have won, but it reaches this point now where the Raptors are now going to year four removed from the title, and there's almost a feeling in the fan base sometimes of, well, they got one, so you can't be upset, and you can't be mad, and... What are your expectations supposed to be? And, and that drives me crazy. Like, then I, then I start to zag back the other way where I go, no, it's all about the championships. We've got to get a championship. What are we doing here? we got to have standards. We can't just be the team that has fun watching the regular season. So I, I think that being a sports fan now is actually trying to find the balance between those two realities that you just, that you just talked about.
2: Yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the major asterisk that you, that you touch on there with your Raptors is yeah, I I don't know how you work around never getting a title, and if you're a Leafs fan, that I Sucks. mean that that's that's the, the minimum standard is you got to have one, and I mean I know the Leafs have one, but not that anybody uh, walking the planet Earth currently remembers. No. Um, yeah, that's that's that ongoing, but the, even that I will say legitimately, there's a certain energy that comes around the chase, the quest. Mm-hmm. To finally get over the hump, it is even that has its uh, has its allure. You it know, I, I know it's not fun to be in if you're a Leafs fan every spring, and especially not. Well, I was going to say especially last spring, but I, I, I know there are a number of spring times I'm sure you can point <laughs> to that were especially vexing on your end. But you know, I, I, it, there, there's a certain charm in in uh, the quest, uh, uh, the unfulfilled. Of it and, and the core that you guys have going now up there, it's it's obviously as fun a watch as there is going. Yeah, it, uh, uh, but from my side of things, uh, as a spoiled fan from Pittsburgh, you know, I relished while the rest of the sports world bemoaned having to sit through old Ben Roethlisberger. Um, in, in in his final days out there on the field in, in what was still known as Heinz Field. Now it's called AccuSure. Yeah, it doesn't work. Way. That
0: doesn't work. It's, you shouldn't be the sponsor. <laughs> the first sponsor in after Heinz Field was never going to be embraced. Like that's just you got to be AccuSure Field now for 30 years before people start doing that. They, There's, we've had similar problems here in Toronto, like with uh, one, I can't really comment on because maybe it uh, sponsors the show as well. Uh, (laughs) But the other is that people still call it Skydome and and it's just, you know, it's, it's tough. Like it's, it's always going to be Heinz Field to me. You think that you're going to talk to a sports fan and say, "Uh, I'll meet you down at AccuSure. That's in from out of town and they're going to know what you're talking about. (laughs) If I was coming down to Pittsburgh and you told me to meet you at AccuSure, I'd be like, I'm not going to your insurance company. Like that's why would I do that?
2: Especially with the Yinzer accent uh, involved too. No, it makes no it, sir. it it makes it extra difficult. Like Dave, Dave, you gonna go down and watch the Steelers this weekend. Yeah. Dave, they play Sunday. <laughs> they play you you see who's coming to town, it's, it's yeah. Tom Brady again, Dave. He's not on the he's not on the Patriots anymore though. He went down to, to Tampa Bay. He's gonna let's go over Akershire. You're
0: gonna go Akershire. Akershire. Yeah, you Akershire. Sure. Yeah. I, I can't so. wait to try that accent that you just like. I can't wait to try that privately. I'm not doing that one on the air. You know though, you, what you said about the Penguins and about Roethlisberger. That's nice when you've won, right? That is nice to look back right. and be reflective and enjoy the past and think about those wins and those memories and appreciate it all, right? Without having to be too forceful looking forward. Um, it sucks when you're a Leaf fan because you haven't had it. You're kind of a laughing stock. You know that people are going to mock you from other fan bases. I don't really care too much about that. Like, I actually think that's fun. I love when fan bases mock each other. I, I wish there was more of it at times where, it, like, the online thing turned it almost too extreme in some moments. It's either really funny or you go, holy crap, this is way too important in your life. This is, this is dangerous. You should see somebody. <laughs> uh, but, man, it just, if they ever do win, the the crazy thing is I think that there are a lot of people who are afraid of the success. There are a lot of Leaf fans who know that this is where they get to funnel their frustrations and their anger and where they get to say things like, <laughs> oh, this sucks and I hate being a Leaf fan and we never win and they feel self sorry, nothing goes right for me. That if they were ever to actually do it, I don't even know what the identity of the franchise would be anymore. You know, like I... What has
2: <laughs> everybody? I, <laughs> Leafs, so leaf fans are basically... The inmates at Shawshank. Yes. Everybody is broke. Yes, I don't
0: know how to make it on the outside. Yes. (laughs) What's that guy's name? He carves his name when he was here yeah, that's it. It's just like that's us at the grocery store, all sat <laughs> like back in the groceries. I don't want to be around anymore. That's us. Yeah, we don't know what to do if we ever win. Uh, luckily, all
2: right, then, Lil, what can I tell you? Yeah. You know what? Give up hockey and everything yeah. else. Get on the bus and get the Zaywat Nahu. There's a new life <laughs> waiting down there for yeah,
0: you. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so last thing on hockey. I got I got some football stuff for you, but um, Matt Murray's exit from Pittsburgh was like. Okay, this guy needs a lot of money, whatever, he wasn't hurt. Ottawa wanted him, he's gonna pay him a ton. It was a little unseen, I think, for a guy that was a multi-cup winner. And now he's here in Toronto. We got our first taste of him um, during the season opener the other night. Uh, he got beat glove side multiple times and he looked slow going post to post. And then all of a sudden there were a lot of Penguins fans going online saying that's who he is. And now I'm scared. Um, what was the exit like for Matt Murray? Because, yeah, usually guys who win when they leave town, there's a little bit more of a, I call this the Jared Sollinger test, which is you ask the opposing fan base how they feel about a guy that your market is excited for. And this is how it was with Boston. When Jared Sollinger came to the Raptors, all the Celtics fans went, (laughs) enjoy that. And (laughs) guess what? It sucked. It was not very good at all. And so if we apply the Jared Sollinger test to Matt Murray, what would you say?
2: I I, I think, you, I, I'm a little surprised, as a matter of fact, that this many years removed and and the years in between, and Matt Murray revealing who he is. Um, I, you know, I'm not down on on the guy. You know, he's not a, a, a superstar, steel games kind of a a, a goaltender. I guess, it, it, you know, there are like I, I, I maybe you can compare it to NFL. QBs, there's a difference between a nice, steady hand and a guy who is going to outright um, steal wins for you and, mm-hmm. and make the difference. Driver versus passenger, a nice, steady um, member of the ride, of, of the road trip. Um, the um, Losing the thread of my uh, road trip analogy there a little bit. But, yeah, Matt Murray is, is – um, uh, I appreciate what he is. I think what people – somehow, sort of another football comparison. Mm -hmm. I think for all of our swooning about gotta have a a high-end, number one wide receiver if you want to be relevant in pro football, if you want to win Super Bowls. Cooper Cup notwithstanding, there's no evidence that you have to have that dominant wide receiver to get to and win Super Bowls in the 21st century. Calvin Johnson proves that point, Julio Jones, and uh, Randy Moss and so on. Make that point. The idea that, you know, there's something about, you know, Patrick, Y I suppose is um, it helped inform this as well, um, that you need to have that guy who's stealing games for you along the way. I love the mind, especially in the Michelin man uh, padded era. That what you want is a guy who isn't allowing the softies those are those are the gut punch goals, especially in springtime, that just ruin your chances when the when everybody's playing well up front and a cheapie that shouldn't uh, get get behind the goaltender does I, that's what matt Murray's virtue is to me. he doesn't let in inexplicably lousy goals. He does. I mean, that that, that uh, glove hand thing is is no jive though. I mean, that's that's a career long issue for him, mm. and it's funny that collectively, um, the NHL hasn't just seized on that mercilessly and just hammered uh, his glove hand for the entirety of his career. I mean, he, he he was able to dodge it enough that, like you say, he won two cups. But you know, in the right situation, and maybe he's found it in Toronto with a with, with a a team premised around we're just going to plain outscore you in an era that seems to be tracking towards offense winning the day. I think it's I think it's potentially a winning formula for you guys. I, I then again wouldn't be surprised if by the, the trade deadline in a sport that in the last couple of years to me it seems is pivots more and more on what happens at the trade deadline. You know, there's nothing to say that uh, maybe the Leafs don't try to upgrade their mm-hmm. – um, in in, in time for the for the playoff run
0: yeah and that's what a lot of people in this building seem to think that 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 could very likely be a scenario especially given those guys health so um by the way I I do got to say that with the road trip analogy I thought you did all right with it I thought that you you kind of got there and being uh you know Mm -hmm. one of the themes of the show today is being self-aware and that's the way out always when you're a long-winded guy like you and I both happen to be Sometimes you try to do these things, you try to stretch it out. Uh, for me, my my fear is always when I go, "Oh my god, I've been talking for way too long." And then you're thinking about that while you're trying to land the plane, and then you just get completely derailed, and then you have to pull that card of I, "I'm sorry," and you just have to say it like "I'm sorry, I'm a blabbermouth, and I lost my train of thought." Someone else take the ball. Someone else get
4: out of my yeah. head. Get <laughs> yeah. out of my head. Yeah, no, you don't know what goes on yeah. in there.
0: All right, fine. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, just, that's,
2: uh, yeah. I always justify it. I rationalize it yeah. this way. Yeah, it's not that I think what I have to say is more important than what you do. It just takes me more words yep. to make. a 100%. point than it does you. You we can have a 50-50 conversation. I'm just going to talk 75-80% of the time. But we're we're it's in it, in my head, it's an equal exchange.
0: Yeah, you know what it is? I I think that I just do my thinking out loud. And I need to think something through out loud. <laughs> and so you just have to go down the path with me and maybe we'll get there maybe it'll end a disaster it'll be a calamity but usually i can kind of get there i'll contradict myself like three times but that's just again that's just me thinking and then i try to spin it as it being analytical when really it's just i don't know i think i'm a dumb guy who needs to see the approval of others even with his own thoughts that might that might actually be that, the case. no
2: here's what i say yeah. here's the other rationalization i like to go with is uh um, make a high-end analogy with yourself that's semi-obscure in 2022. I I will say like John Coltrane. He had the nice steady bass line. I, the rhythm section is there. That's sports. That's that's uh, that's your bass line. You and me, we like to do like Coltrane. We're just gonna improvise and get as far away from the baseline as we can yeah. and see if we can get back on point on yeah. time and you know the maybe YouTube we game. will maybe we won't the adventure will be fun uh, along the way
0: though yeah the youtube game you're on youtube you let the autoplay go for long enough that you try to remember where where did this begin you know where where did this go where was where where were we to start when we were first logged on to the app today um so it's i think the game of the year bills chiefs um, two best teams in football, by my estimation. I, I just think it's real contrarian if you try to spin it in some way that it isn't those two. Um, what are you most curious about to see between these two this weekend?
2: Um, I, you know, the Chiefs may be the one of the top two teams in the league, but that's a damning statement about where we are in in uh, in twenty twenty two. If they are, I think they. I, you know, definitely, uh, you know, would it be stunning for them to go to the Super Bowl? Of course not, but you know, they they've been. They- very well could be I know you could play this game with any pro football team no but the NFC
0: stinks it's awful like the the amount of getting up I have to be for an all of a sudden NFC East matchup like I know your buddy cousin Sal was calling the Cowboys the greatest defense that ever you know walked the face of the earth but the idea that this is the premier game in the NFC you're right is telling of where the NFL is at right now there's no team I hear you man you feel overly confident about like the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year And every I'm watching them go play against their old quarterback, Andy Dalton, maybe this weekend. And I'm going, I I can't put, I can't in good conscience put money on the Bengals. (laughs) Like it's not, the NFL is not having a good season. Points are down across the board. Um, Everybody basically is just telling me that now with two high safeties, it's just neutralized everyone. And so basically running the football is back. Like points are down. I think it's like 21.8 a year ago, or sorry, 21.8 this year, 24 a year or two ago. And yeah, like that, that. to me, the Chiefs are that because they have that pedigree and they have that offense. They still have Mahomes. So it is these two teams, but you're bang on. Like football this year has not been great. The, as exemplified by last night, where I think if you watch that game to start to finish, again, like, there's got to be some talk to you today.
2: Oh, uh, listen, there. Th- it's very easy to get with, with with a couple of exceptions out there um, disproving the, the larger rule of this season so far. You can you can really tie yourself in the knots and get bummed out about how bad your team is until you pick your head up and look around and say, Aaron Rodgers has been mediocre at best this year. Tom Brady's offense is. The, the biggest brand names are also mediocre this year. Parody, the, the, the canard that everybody's, and it works, from both sides that obviously all the leagues want as many fans engaged for as long as possible. So do their network partners. And as you know, Jay's fans just experience. obviously it's more fun in October when your team is in the mix brief though. The, uh, the time yeah. there was, soon, but, you know, it's keep more it moving. fun. Get off that. I know that's yeah, not right. That's, that's not too, right. It's I, I, that's not a shot. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's I, I wasn't intended. I'm I know a Pirates it hurt. fan. I know it it hurt. Now yeah. look, um, but I, I get it, but the canard that parody is good um, in and of itself is, is, is just plainly untrue. It sucks. Yeah. You know, you want – movies are not good without a clear-cut dominant villain. You know, Darth Vader makes Star Wars good. You know, that you, you and there isn't that vibe right now. Once you remove the Belichick-Brady patriots, exactly what are we rooting against? That also is important, but – In the here and now, um, I think the Bills, as much as we can create this narrative, I think it kind of is true in that locker room that they need to feel like, I'm sure they feel that they are as good as the Chiefs, but I think they do want that evidence that they can go into Arrowhead and knock them off, and then more practically, having done the Arrowhead route, in the playoffs last year, they probably want to flip that script and, and bring KC up to Buffalo. Um so I think that they're probably more incented to show up for this one for what that matters in a week six game. Like I say, we gin up the enthusiasm for these games week to week when I think pro football players typically look more towards like, ah, we'll we'll take things up around Thanksgiving and then we'll do it again in January. For the games, but I think that this does present, like you say, is the game of the year to this point. Um, and I'll take the Bills going in there on the road just because mm. I think if if we're assessing motivation for for the game, I think the Bills it, it's on their side. And and like I say too, I know you could play the game of like this team could have lost a couple more games um, to this point, but the Chiefs could have lost a couple more games to this point in Arrowhead. The Chargers should have beaten them and um, the Raiders had him beaten, and it was on bad calls. You know, I, I, I hate to be that guy to boil it down to that, but Devontae Adams on third and two did get his second foot down. If that count, if that catch counts, I think it's likely they scratch out another 5, 10 yards. They make the game-winning field goal, and now that division is way more interesting than it is currently with the Chiefs up at 4 and 1. You'd have a mess of 3 and 2, 2 and 3, teams there but uh, that's that's you know rear view mirror stuff looking ahead the chiefs are good but they're they're flawed just like every other team is in the NFL
0: yeah I, I agree with that and again the other raw reminder was that i did what i thought was an incredibly intelligent live bet on the raiders right before that last chiefs drive thinking if they get the ball back they got carlson that's a big leg Let's get this done. Adams makes that catch. I think he would have bombed it Carlson even from there. I think it was like 56 yards from wherever he yep. was supposed to have caught that football. And I'm sitting there with what I thought was my genius. Like, I think I sat in just under plus 400. Um. Before, like in the middle of that Chiefs drive, and yeah, I'm still a little sour about that one. It's just like I was Adams I mean, when Adams shoved that a... guy. I went good, you know, like fine. <laughs> is that the guy that made the call? Like <laughs> shove him, shove him down on his ass. That guy sucks. I hate him, nerd. Like that's a catch. All right, you got two feet down. You know, how hard. That is slight bobble. It's fine. Let it go. Um. I, I like what you said there, though, about the Bills in terms of, like, their motivation because that's actually... Normally, I think that's the thing that they reserve for studio shows, right, where they go, and these guys are going to get up and this, blah, 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 and you go, okay, yeah, you just didn't really do any homework this weekend with the analysis, and so you're just saying <laughs> that these guys are going to care this weekend when, in all actuality, they probably went through all the same routine the the week before they partied, they, they went through their own blah, 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 blah. But the Bills, like, you saw it last weekend where they just... Listen, I'm not trying to... This isn't a tit-for-tat thing, I swear. This isn't a you bringing up the Blue Jays and then me bringing no, up the it's Steelers fine, it's fine. It's fine. I
2: have I I well,
0: well, especially since I will say that almost every... And there are a lot of Steelers fans in, in Southern Ontario here. Um, the consensus from every Steelers fan that I know is they were thrilled with Kenny Pickett's what interception and no touchdown. They are like, we like the way he looked. He looked poised. So that's all that matters right now. They're happy. They're happy it's not Duck Hodges or uh, a long line of other guys that have been around the, uh, the Ben Roethlisberger era. So... But the Bills seem to have this, like, real FU attitude this season where they just want to do that Patriots thing. Like, they want to become the villain that you talked about in the NFL where they eviscerate teams, they stack up the points. Josh Allen's out there with, like, his physicality with other teams where he just doesn't want to kind of, like, take any guff, right? He just wants to be physical. He talks a little bit of trash. That team talks trash. Their defense looks faster. I do kind of look at this one and say – this actually matters more to me from the standpoint of, can the bills carry that over, beat the chiefs and, and keep that swagger throughout the season of no, we're, we're the new bully and, and we're here to keep bullying everybody. Yeah.
4: I, I,
2: I think that's, uh, that's exactly right. And, you know, you can get into the practical matchups uh, across the board and all of that stuff. You, you know? Yeah. I, I, uh, what the, what the chiefs, can potentially do to, to the bills and uh, in, in through the air with the banged up secondary and everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. The, well, and, and by the way, the flowery talk, the or the, the pigskin um, prose mm-hmm. gets in the way of talking about the practical issue of, of who's actually wearing the uniform in any mm-hmm. given Week And so, you know, the Bills do have a liability on the back end and all that, but that all takes a back seat if it gets mentioned at all going into this one in favor of of the discussion of uh, like a week six game as though, but we're prisoners of the moment too. We we build this game up as the biggest game of all. You will barely recall this game. I mean, uh, you will (laughs) barely recall this game come come Christmas time. Remember
4: that?
2: Yeah, we'll laugh at how naive we were. Remember (laughs) when we thought October mattered? What happened in, in September was relevant in the here and now but yeah i think that it does matter to the bills more than it does to the chiefs going into this one i
0: hate that you just made my brain go how many regular season games do i remember like what's my most memorable regular season game and i came up with like two and then my brain just went that's it that's all the games those are all the games you remember they're all done they're all gone from your head uh hey dave this was really fun um always appreciate you coming on even though you are a, a coastal elite who gripes about um having to wake up early in the morning
2: I, it, it, it's my way. What can I, I, I apologize for you. I, I was out. Uh, I was out into the wee hours in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. that, if that helps my yeah. story, let's pretend that that's what it was out. I does. just got home from yeah. an after after party. That's right. Um, and, and all that, you know what I look forward to? Not that I look forward now. Pens, leaves. For a trip to the final to play the Abs to vanquish the reigning Stanley Cup champion, let's let's make that happen. Let's agree on that.
0: I would just love for that to happen again, like you mentioned, just one before I die, and then I will have my identity crisis later. All right, I'll worry about that then. Uh, Dave Dameshek, that's it. That's yeah. right. Thanks for jumping on, man. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Dave Dameshek of Extra Points and the Minus Three Podcast. Um, I also have thoughts for some picks. For this weekend. So does Jobo. We're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to give those picks heading into Sunday and we're going to see what we missed heading into the weekend. So, JD Bunkus Podcast, subscribe, review, do all those things, share, be kind. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Leafs are back. Playoff baseball's on the Raptors next weekend. Next week. Wednesday. It's just jam-packed. This is the, this is the time of the year where if you do what I do, you, uh, you realize why the divorce rate in this industry is so high. <laughs> like that's, that's what this season is. It's dump season. You're getting dumped. You're watching TV all the time. You're watching sports all the time. Baseball starts at 1 o'clock today. It's a Yankees game at 1 that I want to watch. Cortez, Bieber, hot. Very hot. So football seems like it's fallen by the wayside just a touch, right? But no, I'm fired up for this Bills game this weekend. Like I was saying, a damn check. I, I truly believe... That if you're the Buffalo Bills, you got to win this game. He's right. We're probably going to look back on this sucker and go, "Mm, who cares? What did they do in the postseason? Did they face each other in the postseason? I think they're on a collision course. I, I just have a hard time seeing anybody round into better form than what those two teams can show at their very peak. And if you're Buffalo, the reason why I think it's so important is because your defense is loaded. Your pass rush is improved. And if you just had a slightly better pass rush last season, maybe you win that game and maybe you're all getting fitted for rings. Maybe Buffalo already has one. So yeah, if I'm a bills fan, I care deeply about this game, going to their house, getting the Patrick Mahomes, altering him just a little bit and then doing what Dave said. A couple of those other teams couldn't do, which is close it out, close it out. So big weekend for the Buffalo bills. Um, With that, it's time for action brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in on the action. Must be nineteen plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Last night the prop parlay gets busted by only me. Sweet pick Pete. Long shot Pete. Nails the Brian Robinson pick. The plus what two thirty? He nails his, which is a great one. Josiah Bosch, old Jobo. Uh what'd you hit again? Darnell Mooney. Over forty two receiving yards. Yeah, that was nice. I'm furious with myself because I did the last-minute course correction, which is never a recipe for success. Um, I'm going to take people behind the curtain. I had the under. I was just under, 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 all the way through the under. I told you guys, under the stats, under everything, essentially. Let's pick under prop parlays. Let's do that. You guys already had overs. I got sucked into the reality of the overs. I did, and it was an over-interception with Carson Wentz. He threw for 99 yards, and they won. 99. We're going to talk about that in a second. I didn't watch. I barely watched any of this game, right? I was locked into Leafs. I was doing tests for Leafs Talk, which, again, subscribe to Leafs Talk with McKee, Bourne, and I. uh, After every Leafs game, Saturday night, you know, we're going to be up there. Podcast feed, leave 5 stars, do all those things for both of these, right? And listen, I appreciate it. I need it, all right? I'm asking if you like these shows, I'm telling you right now. This isn't a a want. It's a need. I need you to do it. I need you to leave 5 stars. I need you to subscribe to those podcast feeds. But I didn't watch barely a second. Uh, We'll talk about the thing that I I most took from the game when this is all done. But yeah, I I course corrected last minute. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Whether it's your fantasy lineup, whether it's your sports betting picks, just stick with what you believe. Don't change your mind at the last second. It's just even if you end up winning, you'll always remember the ones that you lost way more. Okay, so uh, we're going to do our Friday best bets. Uh, Josiah Bosch, where are you looking?
4: So I'm looking at the New York Jets. Which is a team that I have not looked at for betting in a long time. I
0: want to tell you right now, I already love where you're going with this. You kind of get where I'm going? I hope hope you're going with the Jets. I'm going
4: Brees Hall. Oh, you're you're not going with a touchdown? I'm going Brees Hall over 60 and a half rushing yards. Like that too. Minus 110 on DraftKings. He's coming off two games. He had 25 combined rushing attempts. 66 yards against Pittsburgh. 97 against the Dolphins. Uh, Green Bay's. Rush defense has been pretty suspect. It's been looked good at times, but it's been pretty average at best. Uh, They've allowed five touchdowns through five games. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing, so Brees Hall, first three games of the season, his snap share only average of 41%. Last two games, almost 68. Yeah, he's the man. So he's getting on the field a lot more. Uh, His workload is going to be a lot higher because the Packers allow the run. Uh, Brees Hall over 60 and a half. I I think he could break 100, to be honest.
0: I like that pick. I really like that pick. I'll definitely be riding that pick. And I'll probably just even end up betting that one straight up and won't put it even in a prop parlay. That's the book on the Packers is you can run on them. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge weekend for the Jets. I actually like them plus seven and a half too. Um, Packers don't look right. And Greg Jennings said, and he would know much better than I would or any of us in this room or anybody that comments on this game, about what it's like to come back from London, but he still did have a bye week when he did it. And and I just have to imagine that the time change, the coming back, going home, um, being gone from your family, you got a little bit more obligations for the people that are in your life. You stretch yourself a little thin maybe that week. You got the Jets coming into town. It's the New York freaking Jets. So you're not used to getting up for this opponent. Jets might be decent. like They have real talent on both sides of the ball. Like, real talent for the first time in forever. One of my college roommates, one of my very best friends, is a huge New York Jets fan. So, I've always had a keep an eye on the Jets. I've always made fun of him year over year. I keep teasing him going, why do you keep cheering for the Jets? Why do you just give it up? Because he's the guy that has, like, eight different versions of terrible Jets players' uniforms in his closet. He's a jersey-wearing guy. Tough look in your 30s, but it's okay, Shani. (laughs) You live in Nova Scotia, so. it's going to be me. Yeah. That's That's going to be me. Hey, here's my advice. Don't. My bad. <laughs> yeah. My fault. You. Especially when you, work That's it you. you know what's actually one of the toughest things is when uh interns come to the building and they wear their sports jerseys. It's just not a it's just not it. It's just not it. I didn't do that. I know you did. Good for the you. Record. Yeah, I think I told you not to. I think I told you. You probably, you probably did. You were like, hey, I'm going to wear my Houston Astros Jose Altuve. I love Jose Altuve. And I went, no. With
4: the World yeah. Series patch on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No one cares. Uh, that's <laughs> such a dorky thing, what you guys do with the patch. It's like, no one cares. Well, Nobody it's, it's cares. just
4: ironic because they, you know, it was the World Series patch that
0: No, the only for. The only thing that people notice is when you get the China jerseys that have the wrong colors. You know, like when it's when they do the discolored thing and you go, oh, that's why this costs this much money. Also, never wash those. That's my PSA. If you want them to last, just don't wash them. The, the fair, maybe one cold wash you can get away with anything beyond that. Just realize that you bought this for a limited amount of wares. Anyway, I like the Jets. I think that they're skilled. Um, I think that they've got some really, really good talent. Sauce Gardner is an absolute stud. Um, I just like this matchup for them. I think it's a little too many points. Um, my best bet for the weekend, I'm rolling with a team that I always swear I, to not put in best bets. If you've been following me for quite some time, you know about my relationship with the Minnesota Vikings. It's a tumultuous one. I can't stay away. I just can't. I cannot stay away. They're they're my tractor beam. I don't know what it is. I just, I've believed in the Minnesota Vikings more than other people. I I can't help myself. I just can't. This happens to be every... I, I want to swear there. I really want to swear because this is how angry I am about it. The amount of times I have bet on Kirk Cousins, including this year when I bet on Primetime Kirk and got burned for it. The amount of times that I've bet on Kirk Cousins and sat there in my own misery and it's the dumbest I feel. It's truly the stupidest I feel is when I bet on Kirk Cousins and he has one of those games where he just can't do anything. Saints. Ugh. Anyway. Um... I'm doing it again. The Dolphins, the Miami freaking Dolphins are three-point underdogs to Minnesota. I love Minnesota on the money line in this game, minus 165. But I also like them on the spread. I know I know they're going to Miami, but Miami scares the crap out of me. You got Tyree Kill smashing ping pong tables. Because he's probably the worst ping pong player on the team. And he just used that as an excuse to get rid of it. And he went, yeah, uh, I, will, I, I don't like how I'm not included in this. So I'm going to smash this and use it as an excuse for the loss. But the Dolphins, it's suspect what's going to even happen at quarterback. Their defense, though, the Buffalo, or sorry, the Miami Dolphins defense. This is the main reason for this bet, okay? Where do you think they rank? Jobo. Their defense overall? No, no, not, not even overall. Where do you think this defense ranks? When it comes to third downs.
4: Third downs. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say
0: 20th. Nope. 30th, 30th and third down defense. And the 31st in yards against per drive 31st in yards against per drive. If the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk cousins, my enemy, my mortal enemy, I'll see you in hell. Kirk cousins. Um, you owe me so much money. Kirk cousins, honestly. And you can afford it with all your stupid contracts. Just, just make, make good by me, Kirk make good by me. Send me some dough. Send me some money. Even if, you, even if it's nothing, but yeah, like I, I should get something from you for the amount of times I've bet on you and you failed me. I don't care. I'm going back to the well. I'm going back to the Vikings. I'm going back to Kirk Cousins. I'm fading the Dolphins. I think they're going to get this done. Um, yeah, I I just like Minnesota here. I think they're going to be able to put up points on that defense. I like the minus three. I like the money line. I'll be playing both of them, the money line in a couple of parlays, uh, and I'll be playing the uh, the spread straight up. Um, there's a couple of other things I'm going to rapid fire. Uh... No, I don't. I I hate your guts, Kirk Cousins. I truly hate your guts. You stink. You suck, and I'm so tired of every year the analytics telling me that you're good just because you throw little check down passes and you have Justin Jefferson. You suck, and you've cost me so much money, I don't care. Just don't suck this weekend, please. For the love of God. You're going in the cowards parlor. You're going in everything. Um, I like the Bills, too. I like the Bills minus two and a half. Sorry, Bills fans, because last time I bet on you, I cursed you. So I'm They're really only lost trying. this
4: year, by the way, I know it was the yeah. one time, you I know, met I
0: cursed, I cursed and also fading the dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, <laughs> it's just be cautious. That was a weird game. That was all the heat. That was whatever. I'm not, I'm not taking that one. And I also like the Ravens. Um, I just, the same thing. Giants coming back. The day bowl thing is awesome. I believe the giants are better. I think that the culture has shifted, but I just think that the Ravens are a whole different kind of animal for that team. Um, all right. Uh, that was time for action. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in on the action. You got to be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Always, always, always play responsibly. Um, okay, with that, uh, Josiah Boss, what did we miss heading into the weekend?
4: So one thing you already mentioned: mm-hmm. uh, Commanders Bears last night. Thursday night mm-hmm. football, uh, Bleh of a game. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera, head coach of Washington, stole some headlines. After some questionable comments about quarterback play earlier this week, there were some rumors that it was Dan Snyder who pushed a trade for him and Rivera never wanted him. And when he was asked about it after the game, he had this to say about the situation. They hear all this stuff and they gotta deal with it. I get that and I respect them for that because they're resilient, they come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out
1: the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the fricking when we were at Indianapolis,
4: okay? And that's what pisses me off because the young man doesn't deserve to have
0: that all the time. I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay. So (laughs) I love Ron Rivera. I'm, I'm a big Ron Rivera guy. All right. I got time for Ron Rivera, but that's the guiltiest anybody's ever been. That's the, that's a That's a fight. You get in a fight with a friend or somebody calls you out on something. That's what you do when you know they're bang on and then you leave with i'm sorry i what does he say at the very end cut that little clip at the very end so like, i'm sorry i'm done that's how i want to finish basically every single argument that i lose I- i'm sorry i'm done and then he Dude, jumps I'm off sorry. the podium yeah he jumps off the podium he wants to get the hell out of there he's so embarrassed and he knows it you are. buddy what are you talking about ron you literally said last week what's the difference between you and the other afc east team or nfc east teams and he went quarterback and he answered it like that snap snap decision. Oh, it's quarterback. And now he's trying to be up there all offend. Oh, the guys in the the locker room, they hear all the crap and I respect them because he's discombobulated. He's losing his mind up there. He's falling apart because he's guilty. He knows he is the guy, all those things he said. What play one more time. The part where he goes, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, where do you say he's like, people say I'm the guy who didn't want Carson Wentz and blah, 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 blah. You got that part again? When it, we're at Indianapolis, yeah, okay, yeah, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah, that's what that pisses pulled me off. out the sheets of paper. That I looked at the analytics, I watched the analytics when we're at Indianapolis, yeah, just, okay, yeah. and that's what pisses me off. Yeah, that's a young, young man off. doesn't deserve to have that all the time. You did it, Ron. You did it. You did it. You're the one who made this happen. Carson Wentz doesn't do many favors, he's such a cornball, he's the king of the corn honestly the the guy cannot help himself it's just year one him being with the eagles his stop in indianapolis just the jubilation that the colts players had when he left town and i'm guessing that he does not resonate in that locker room and even after a win where he's 99 yards you think terry mclaurin's in there going man so sick that we have this guy thank god can't wait to hope i hope i'm attached to this guy for me to get my next contract anyway i just think it's hilarious that Rod rivera did that and then did the classic media thing of like you guys out there saying all those things about us and we hear it and it hurts our feelings when you do that and i'm out of here it wasn't me and now he's back there going oops that was embarrassing um i i think i put this in late but i also need to talk about the leaf skull song because i didn't do it all Mm -hmm. day today you're you were at the game last night. I wasn't. You game said it was a graveyard. Night. Yeah, you weren't the only one. Yeah, it was tough. It was a graveyard. It was a graveyard. It's fine. I don't blame any Leaf fans that were quiet yesterday. First of all, that's like a hardcore heavy suit crowd. That's yeah. a jobo. You got money. Congrats to you and I, all I your riches. I was in the upper bowl though. The yeah, lower yeah,
4: bowl know. was all the suits.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing you. Anyway, but yeah, you go to that game. That's a very much like a high roller game, right? That's a that's the that's the big table. You're going to the Leafs home opener. That's a hot ticket. And this is. This is a high event city, right? And I, I say this all the time. Toronto gets up for uh, a big moment, a big event. It's what we do here. Um, that's a big moment. The Rocks in the house, they know it, you know it. Quiet, quiet building, whatever. How did you feel when they played the Hall & song? I was blown away.
4: Yeah, that was that was pretty shocking, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole atmosphere the to begin with, and then they play that, and I was like, man, like is this a home opener or like a game in January? What's going on here?
0: It's, dude. It's so embarrassing that they kept it. I I saw Austin Matthews on Tim and Friends talking about potentially changing it. These guys bring a DJ on the road. It's done. It was cool when you first did it. It change it up. Who on Earth right now, honestly, tweet at me. Get get at me. Just get in the DM slide. Whatever. At JD Bunkus, Twitter and on Instagram. You can tell me and we'll do. I, I'm trying to figure out how we're gonna incorporate the text line. All right. Like we'll figure something out where people can text in and DM in. I'm thinking about a feedback Friday. I, I think I need to change it from Tuesdays. Tuesdays are too hot a day for you guys. Maybe we'll do more fun going on the weekend. But the Hollow Notes thing is done. It has been buried. It was buried last year. It's just a reminder of the past and the failings of this organization. Bring in something cooler. Bring in something new. Let the Leafs DJ that they apparently bring around. Who's paying for that DJ that they bring everywhere they go? By the way, who's paying for that? The taxpayers? <laughs> like I want to. We need an investigation into who's paying uh, for for the DJ to travel to Toronto Maple Leafs. But let's get the DJ on the case. Let's get him to pick a new goal song. It's not even a petty request. This is just, they need it. Okay. And you know, just because you played a game one doesn't mean you need to keep doing it. Charlotte made police. Nobody that roots for this fan for this team wants you to keep that song. It sucks. The song is good, but you've actually ruined what is an awesome song. Now you've changed it forever for the, for those of us that live in this city. Anyway, that's all I got to say about the goal cool song. Change it up. It's not too late to admit your mistakes. So switch it up. What else? What else did we miss? So,
4: second with hockey, Battle mm-hmm. of Alberta, yeah, the war those. has extended to the mm-hmm. concession stands. Edmonton's food and beverage prices have skyrocketed to lunacy. It's So, for two burgers, two chips, and two pops, $55. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, Calgary, first 5,000 fans of legal drinking age get a free beer for the first game. So, I think the Flames are winning the food fight, to be honest.
0: So, it, it tells you what a loser... I am for going to so many games in this city that I saw the Edmonton concession prices and my only thought was, Wait, were you guys not paying this all along? <laughs> were you guys were you guys getting deals at the arena? Should we have you noticed all those move to Alberta signs that are around Ontario right now? I thought this is the number one thing that they should do for move to Alberta is hey, we actually have cheaper drinks at our sporting events. You can actually go to a Leafs game and pay a reasonable amount of money for a beer because it's outrageous here right it's just so stupid the worst part is you you buck up for a big event you buck up for tickets you want to take somebody to a game you want to treat someone to one and then you go for beers and you have two beers and you want to have a snack and it's like no you you're broke you're flat busted it's outrageous the way that we let these arenas just hike up the prices of some of these foods. like it's cheeseburgers and it's popcorn for god's sakes it's chicken fingers um, you shouldn't be punished because you want to have something to eat at a at a game. It's atrocious. It's a travesty. Um, but yeah, I I looked at that and it just tells you how it is in Toronto. That everyone at Edmonton was outraged, and I just went, "That's the status quo here, baby. That's what we do in Toronto. We overpay for these things, and we don't blink. We pay fifteen percent tips for a guy to crack the beer on your on your thirty dollars beers." Um, have a great weekend, everybody, and yeah. Shout out to the Flames for doing that beer promotion because that's solid. You get Nazem Kadri and free beer, pretty sweet. See you next week.